Romans chapter number 1. Uh, so far, uh, I recapped this last week, but uh, starting in verse number 29, we have dealt with unrighteousness, fornication, covetousness, wickedness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful and proud. And so tonight in verse number, um, we won't read verse number 29 again, uh, but let's look at verse number uh, 30. Again, it says, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents without understanding, covenant breakers without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of not, are, excuse me, are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And so tonight, we're going to deal with four things, and it'll be fairly simple, I feel like. Um, when you get to these, you know, you, especially if you're trying to define them for kind of a, a modern hearer, some things don't need to be uh, defined. It's been said that the King James Bible is written on a third grade language or a third grade, third grade level. And uh, for somebody that doesn't like these and thous, they say, well, I, I don't believe that. Uh, but uh, in the grand scheme of things, outside of some of the hard names or hard places that you have to read, it should be fairly easy to understand. And so as we get to these, we, we ended last week on those that are proud. And um, today we start with boasters. It's kind of right in the middle of verse number 30. And the word boaster is an e, an, excuse me, an empty pretender. It's one that claims to be more than he or she is. And when we think about these things, as simple as they may sound, and we call them sin as we have in this series, we think, well, how can somebody just boasting, how can that be a sin? Well, notice that it says boasters. This is talking about the person, and this is talking about the depth that they go to boast. Uh, it says that it is an empty pretender or one that claims to be more than he is. Um, uh, another definition was a braggart or someone that is vain or showy. Um, another, uh, that was James, I can't remember the other um, man's name that I read a little bit, but he said, it is taking on great airs or to act in a way that shows that one thinks he is better than others. And so this is not just someone saying, hey, I've got an A-plus child. That's not the boasting that we're talking about, okay? But what this is saying, rather, is someone that goes to great lengths to prove that he's better than everyone else. Um, we see this a lot if men get together, and, and I kind of, I, I notice it in myself too. We'll get to talking about something, and then I've got a story, and, and my story's funnier, and my story's bigger than, than that. We were talking about, um, what are those little shelled animals? Armadillas, and, and we were talking about those the other day, and everybody's asked me about my armadillos. And, and uh, I, I said, yeah, I shot two, and I kicked one of them. And they're like, you kicked one? And 
uh, Samuel, Samuel, I can't remember if it was you or somebody else, kicked one about broke his foot. And I'm like, mine wasn't, mine wasn't that big, but he soared just a little piece. And other people are talking about what kind of gun they use and all this kind of stuff. And, and I just want them gone. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes we get around things like that and we, we almost try to top one another's story. And if we're not careful, that will become a uh, a point of contention between people. And at that point, it becomes a sin. You're actually driving a wedge between people. And um, uh, I, I say it like this, and I want to be I, someone that knows everything. I don't always like to be around them. If they've got an answer for everything, I'm good with somebody saying, what color is this carpet? I have no idea. I'm good with somebody saying, well, how do you build this? I have no idea. It's okay to be human and not know something. But what we do a lot of times, we just, if you're like my dad, he just makes up an answer. He's, I, I mean, he'll just, he'll have, yeah, this is, this is crimson red with a tint of the, and I have no idea. How do you build this church? Well, first, what you got to do. And he's got an answer. And if we're not careful, that will turn into over or not over, but trying to outdo everyone that we can. And so it is a braggart. It's someone that says, I know more than you. I am more than you. I can do more than you. And so next is um, inventors of evil things. And as we come to this one, it is the word inventor is, is not deep. It is a discoverer. It is someone that uh, contrives new methods it's one that digs down and uncovers more than someone else. An inventor of evil things. So it is not the definition of an inventor that is the problem. The problem is what they are inventing. It is not coming up with a new way to, to um, uh, condition the air. It's not a new way of of making transportation easier or quicker or more efficient. That's not not what we're talking about. But what we are saying is this inventor of evil things, this is uh, when someone discovers new devices or new methods of sin. Someone that thinks on these evil things, which is defined as things troublesome, injurious, pernicious, or destructive. So this person that discovers evil things, if you will, they go to far lengths to find out an easier way to sin. I, I got in my notes that some of us can look in society and we can... Um, I feel like we've been, on, been harping on this for months. But especially when it comes to, to the... L B G Q T I Q X Y, all of those things plus. When it gets to that, normal folks, we look at it and we're like, you have got to be sitting somewhere just trying to figure out how to be nasty. That just doesn't come to you. Well, what that is, is that someone that is, that is 
They've been separated their minds. Remember now, they are turned not up, not up, but they've been given over, okay? Their mind is reprobate now. And so they're constantly thinking about other ways they can sin. And there are no new sins. Christ was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. So there's no new sins. These are not new things that we're discussing, but there are new ways to sin. E, what they're doing is they're, they're trying to figure out an easier way to satisfy lust. They're trying to figure out, y'all, y'all need to help. I need, I'm gonna need at least four or five amens, and I'm, Miss Denise, I'm gonna let you measure for me, okay? At least four or five amens, because people are trying to figure out an easier way to gamble away their money. Did we meet it? It felt good. Okay. I can remember when I lived in Florida, and, and I don't remember if if Florida lottery came first or Georgia lottery came first. I don't remember. Maybe it came around the same time. But I remember, man, all the preachers down there, they were up in arms and they were ready just to whoop. They were ready to church everybody because they, I mean, they, they did, they, I mean, they've heard of casinos and they've heard of all this stuff, but they, and they've heard about going to the gas station to get cigarettes and snuff and dip and, and alcohol and, and gas and bubble gum. But now you can go and give away your money and lose it all. And I mean, they were, they were, oh man, this still makes me mad. I'm not going to lie to you, it still makes me mad. Because if I want a cold grape soda, and I go up there and there's 12 people, wants a number 5 and a number 17, it just makes me mad. I ain't going to lie to you, it just kind of irritates me. But I was in Walmart, and I've seen this for a while now, but they've got a little, little uh, doohickey, my Bob, you stick your credit card in there and you get your, you get your uh, lottery tickets right there. You can you can download the Georgia Lottery app. I don't know what it's called because I see it on the television all the time. You can download it and you can play. You put your credit card in there and just hit a button and lose your money. And lose your money. Y'all say that with me. And lose your money. It, it's that's it. And so people are trying, trying to. They are invent. They are discovering ways to sin quicker. To sin more effectively. That's what they're doing. More convenient ways to gamble. Then number three, what about disobedient to parents? Now, we, we, we've, we've been on the family, uh, for the last three weeks. And I told Brother Kurt and Brother Jody last night, um, I got Sunday's messages online. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to both of those. I listened to them yesterday, um, one yesterday, Sunday morning yesterday and Sunday night today, I believe it was. And I tell you what, I don't normally listen to myself and I'm not promoting myself, but the messages I believe were out of God's word and they were for God's people. And I encourage you to go listen to them, try to share them. If you want a CD to give to somebody, let me know. We'll we'll make it happen. But I don't want to harp on the kids tonight. But it says disobedient to parents. The the disobedient is impersuasible. Now, if you look that up in a modern dictionary, you're not going to find it. But so let me let me re redefine it. Unpersuadable is what the word means. They are not compliant. They will not listen to reason. 
They are absolute in their own thinking. So this is disobedient. Someone that is absolute in their own thing. There is, there is a, a word that we use sometimes in a, in a, most of the time it's in a negative connotation, but we, we use the word hell in front of it and it's bent. In other words, they are so decidedly adamant about doing their own thing that even hell could not stand in their path. And so that's what this word disobedient means. It, it, it is impersuasible or unpersuadable. It is non-compliant. They will not listen. They will not listen to reason, to instruction, to experience. They are absolute in their own thinking. That is the definition of a disobedience. A disobedient. But understand, that's just one side of this phrase. It, 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 Samuel, it, it probably would have been fine just to say disobedient and put a comma and move on. But it says disobedient to parents. So they are, they, they cannot be persuaded by their own parents. The ones that, that fed them and clothed them. The ones that, that paid for them through school and helped them throughout their life. They, there's no respect. There's no, um, there, there's no contentment in their love or honor for their parent. They are not compliant to anything. And so they are not only disobedient, but they are disobedient to parents. We read this the last several weeks. Ephesians chapter number six, verse number one and two. Children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. He says in verse number two, honor thy father and thy mo- and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. And so we often overlook that part about the first commandment with promise. But if we go over to verse number 12 of Exodus chapter number 20, uh, God has given Moses the Ten Commandments and he starts with this in verse number 12, honor thy father and thy mother that thy days, now he says in, in Ephesians, he says, this is the first commandment with promise. It's not the first commandment, but it's the first commandment that has a promise attached to it. He says, honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. He says, if you want to live long, honor your father and your mother. If you want to be... Something in God's eyes honor your father and your mother. But because they have been turned over to a reprobate mind, even the ones that they should hold the, the closest to, they are now disobedient and they will not be persuaded by anything that they have to say. The last tonight is without understanding. Now, I'm going to use a, a, a harsh word here in a minute. Um, and I try my best not to use it behind the pulpit, but it is it is a word that is defined scripturally without understanding. <clears throat> so there's there's two words here, and and it means one thing: unintelligent. But James Strong says it means that it they are stupid. I, I've often said that there's a difference between being Ignorant and being stupid. Ignorant is, let, let's go back. I mentioned something about the air conditioning just a little while ago. I would have no, brother, 
Brother Terry, I'd have no idea how to make an air conditioner work. I, I kind of understand a few pieces, but it doesn't make, I, I can't do it. So because of that, I'm ignorant of it. I don't have the knowledge. I've never learned the knowledge. But if I went to school and, and, and I understood it and I understood the workings of the Freon and the motors and the compression and, and the fins and the cooling and the heating and I understood all of those things and then I still stood there and I looked at it like I had no idea. There's a difference between ignorance and being stupid. Being stupid means you have the knowledge, but you do not use it. So if I could say it like this, and Second Peter will say it as well, they are willingly ignorant. And he says here in our text, he says that being filled with all, listen to this, with all unrighteousness, but he goes on and he says, without understanding there in verse number 31. They are willingly ignorant. Let's look over in Second Peter chapter number 3. Second Peter chapter number 3, verse number 3 down through verse number 7. We'll focus on verse number 5. It says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Now verse 5. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished, But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. He Let's read verse number 8. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. So we look at the the uh, accusation here in verse number 3. He says there's coming some days that when scoffers are going to be seeking after their own lust and they're going to say where's the promise of His coming because everything's the same as it was. Well, he said there in verse number 5, he said they're willingly ignorant. He says the Word of God says it, the heavens of old said it, the earth standing out of the water and in the water, the world that was and the world that was overthrown, they all declare something about God. Well, Romans chapter number 1, verse 17, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness who uh, uh, of, of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is, not will be, not was, but is manifest in them. For God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So for Paul in chapter number 1 of Romans to say that because men have decided to... 
um, to get rid of the knowledge of God, they now have become without understanding. He says they are not ignorant now. He uses that harsher word. He says now they're stupid. He said they are willingly ignorant. God has already showed them these things. God has already told them who he was. He's already extended his grace, his mercy. It says there, I've done, turn the channel here. Over there in verse number 17, it says, The righteousness of God of revealed from faith to faith. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven. So God has shown his righteousness and his wrath, and they have chosen to ignore it. So these folks that go around and they, they claim agnosticism, they they claim atheism, they claim all these different things. Even there are some quote-unquote Christians that are humanists and they are, we can go a whole, just dig a big old hole there, but there's a lot of folks that have different beliefs that call themselves Christians but the problem is, is anytime you try to have a belief system outside of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, you're, you, every belief that you have is going to be fouled up. Everything that you believe is going to be dependent on something else. But we as true believers, born again, Bible-believing Christians, our world is Christ-centered. And we have to have, we said it Sunday, we look through the eye of faith or through a lens of faith. And in so doing, then we look at the creation and we see God in it. We look at the flood and we see God in it. We look at the deliverance from, uh, from, uh, of Egypt and we see God in it. We look at, um, David running from Saul and we see God in it. We look at Solomon and all of his wives and somehow we see God in it. We look at some of those minor prophets and we see God in it. We look at John the Baptist walking around in the wilderness and we see God in it. We look at Jesus Christ coming from heaven to earth and we see God in it and so on and so forth. And even in our lives, if we look through everything through a lens of faith, we have to see God working in these things. But these folks that are without understanding, they choose not to know the things of God. And so, what is sin? Without understanding, inventors of evil things, boasters, disobedient to parents. Lord willing, like I said, we've got one more in the book of Romans and then Galatians uh, chapter 5 and then 2 Timothy chapter 3, Brother Kurtz. That's the one I was trying to tell you last night. Um, and there's there's more lists. Now, some of them are, are re, they're repeats, so we, we wouldn't take a whole long time to go over those. But still, these are things that will help you to understand what they are. And even in ourselves... Um, you know, we're talking about people that are reprobate, but even in ourselves, sin can creep in. So any of these sins that we've mentioned, they, we can be guilty of them. And so we need to know what they are so that we, we are not guilty of them. Let's stand tonight.